Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And you can't just use sources that fit your worldview. Like, don't get me wrong. I can go out and find a bunch of different things, but I have to make sure that the statements that are made are proven time and again. Right. I totally agree. Or the claims that are made are proven time and again. Do your own own research as a megatrope to get you to offer something that they can reject as a fact right it's not it's not it's not give me a fact so i can learn it's give me a fact so i can and i can dispute it on its face and irritate you it is time now for something positive we might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience, of conscience, because conscience. that is how it works. This is the beginning. It is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally, 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 rally. rally. We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. Find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. I don't know why I copied the pasted, copy pasted, and it was. It was the used YouTube stream on every one of them. So Yep. Oh well, I mean that. is what it is. Yeah, I mean every time technology updates it's something different that you never notice. I mean I don't look at the link chain, you know what I mean? I set that up three days ago. <laughs> right. Oh, I do love the beard. What do you think? Mm. Mm. Keep going with it. Keep yeah. going. I have to. As long as you don't end up with one of those beards that look like you're, you should stay 300 feet away from a school. Oh, yeah, no. That's my issue. If I shave the mustache, suddenly I look like a Floridian. But if I keep it, I suddenly look like a Midwesterner. So I'm good with the Midwestern look. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Although there was this tweet on Twitter saying, what is one thing that puts you off about a man? And facial hair was one of those that I was really surprised a lot of women said they didn't like because they all gravitate towards beards, although they all want you to shave them. 
you know, because they give me a little rash when you try and kiss <clears throat> them, you know what I mean? Well, that's where proper beard care comes in. That's right. You got to clean that thing. You got to condition that thing. That's right. That's right. I, I gave a I gave a shout out to Malta earlier. I was telling Malta that we need a all inclusive vacation for about twenty people so that we can do our four podcasts from Malta. You know what I mean? I love. I wouldn't. Malta. I wouldn't mind that. That sounds lovely. Right. Just live streaming on our phones, checking out megalithic structures, great food, good beaches, beautiful people, and just malta that sounds great so i'm all in favor of that that would you know wouldn't i wouldn't mind doing that just like go there check things out mm-hmm. have some converse it'd be great to have some conversations with the locals and be able to you know yeah. talk to them about you know what their experience is and and you know what how they see us and mm-hmm. you know recognize the fact that we rarely ever see anything about malta so Right. That's why I bring them up. And every time I do, we get more listens from Malta. And honestly, I, I I went on Twitter, looked up the prime minister of Malta and actually invited him on the show because I'm that interested in, it seems like the one place on the earth that nobody talks about. And it's like this, it must be this hidden gem, but I see it on all these um, investigation shows where they go and unearth the unknown about history. And Malta's megalithic structures are always in those shows. And Malta, mm-hmm. just around the places, it just looks beautiful. <laughs> oh, right. You know, and that's, the, and I think that's one of those things where <clears throat> if we ever got the chance to, you know, go and have that conversation there, that'd be fun. That would be fun as well as fun for our families and our other podcasts. I mean, that's like four or five podcasts just mm-hmm. recording and streaming and promoting Malta for as long as we're there, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, sorry. No, I think that, Malta doesn't sponsor us by the way. I'm just, no, we, ha- I'm, I'm just don't. amazed with that. Malta equals like, or is greater in listenership than a lot of other countries. We're in about 120 countries and Malta is in our top 20. And that just fascinates me. <laughs> hey, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. So I have a, I have a list of topics, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To bring up. And then I have some things on my mind, of course, because I plan for everything when Jeffrey's getting here. Thanks for doing that show last week. That last live stream was just beautiful. Like, the first hour, I just, I mean, I just got to chapter list it and it was just really cool to like try and follow that and like tell people the topics that are coming up minute by minute, you know, so that, like on YouTube, when we put it up, you can just click on the chapter. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they're talking about shingles, you can click on that. If we're talking about like media discussions, that's, a, that's another chapter. So it's really cool. Thank you. And Dan for doing that. Oh I feel, yeah. I feel like two Maseratis got on the track for the first time. You know what I mean? You know, that was amazing to me. I mean, to me, it's more like good old American muscle, but you know, I love good old American muscle cars. (laughs) Something about them. Maserati just sounds good. Just like Jaguar sounds good. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, a Hemi Cuda sounds really good too, and, and and a good old Trans Am sounds good, and a you know Corvette and Camaro, yeah. I had an 81 Firebird, the leaf springs went, and every time I put people in the back seat, they would just, <laughs> you know, and I was the driver, so I always had like six people in my car. I worked on a, I worked on a 78 Trans Am, and mm-hmm. we, we had that thing running almost 200 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> that thing was just a beast. It was yeah. stupid. That's the great thing about the old muscle cars is you could take anything in the demographic. You could take like a Pontiac motor and put it in the Chevy body 
You know what I mean? Yep. As long as you weren't taking a Chrysler, you could put pretty much because my, yeah, my Chevy, I think it was a Trans Am had a Pontiac 305. And yep. everybody's like, that's not a 305. That's a Chevy 30. You know, and it was this big, long discussion. But I was just Pontiac, so Chevrolet, GM. Like the 305 was the 305 was the 305. It's kind of like the 350. The yes. 350 was the 350 was the 350. That was my like, first motor ever in a 71 oh God, Cutlass. Uh, 71 Cutlass. Yeah. That old, that old 350 Chevy. I mean, <sighs> that thing was just, you know, I got so many memories with that engine. Like if yeah. I could have like my quote unquote zombie vehicle, it would be that mm. 350 Chevy. Cause I mean, you could work on that thing so easy. That thing, yeah. you know, had plenty of power to do whatever you needed it to do. It was damn near bomb proof. You couldn't kill it. Like I, I couldn't kill it. I raced a Corvette and dropped it into low gear for some reason. <laughs> I thought it would give me extra power. And the, we got to the next light and the Corvette was like, at some point we just were trying to get away from you because we thought you were going to blow up. And I was like, yeah, that was my first race ever. <laughs> Oopsies. You see him no, in the, that, you, see him in movies, you see him in movies downshift and you're like, oh, so that's what I do in a race. No, that's not what you do. In a race. No, no, that is not what you do. All right, so. No, that old 350 Chevy. Um, I, we had three different vehicles that had that engine in it. And the, the, the one that went the least amount of miles was mine. And it had 350,000 miles on it. Wow. Uh, the other two went 400,000 and 500,000 miles. My buddy. And, had a- and now it's like at a hundred, a hundred thousand miles with the newer engines, I start getting nervous. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're built like that. Even the electric, uh, motors have, a, a limiter on the battery after a certain period of mm-hmm. time. You know, and but you can you can change that. My buddy did that. He erased that, so now he's getting full efficiency again. My, oh, yeah. my my buddy had a three fifty in his car, and he used to drive to the lake, and then pull it out, put it in his boat, ride around the lake all day, come back, put it back in his car. You know, so that's how easy those things were to work on. Oh yeah, no, like and especially like if you if, you know, like take the hood off the thing, you could literally sit in the freaking body of that thing and work yeah. on it. Right. oh no it was so easy it was so nice to be able to work on those cars yeah like that's that i will say that's that is one of the things that i miss about the current realm of technology is that there it's just not easy to repair some of that stuff yourself right. like i will say some of it has gotten better like some of the stuff that you have to change out somewhat regularly they're making mm-hmm. it so that way those things are easier to get to uh just because they realized they were screwing themselves on that one right. like there was like my my uh Oh, six Impala that I had front three cylinders right there. Easy access, no issues mm-hmm. back three cylinders. You like had to fucking <laughs> yeah. snake your hand back there and, yeah. you know, wiggle. And it's like, you'd have to, you know, put your, your socket in there, you know, with the spark plug puller. And then you, know, you put that extension in there and then you put this, then you put the fucking thing on the, the, the ratchet on there and then you work it, but you can't see what you're doing. So it's all entirely blind. And I, I dropped a spark plug. Yeah. I, I dropped one after I got it out. It just didn't stick in the, in the spark plug puller mm-hmm. and it fucking came out and fell out. And then I had to take the wheel off to get to it. And it was like <laughs> fucking mess. Yeah. It was like, but, but with my, with my, uh, my Malibu now it's like, you know, they're just all right on top and it's like, okay, cool. This is, mm-hmm. this is where it should be. Like, these are the ones, like, if you have to change something, it's going to be right up here. So you might as well, you know, have the ability to just change that shit right here, right now. Yeah. But cars are the one thing that hasn't become do it yourself. You know, like we build mm-hmm. our furniture, we build our f- 
foods, like you know, everything we build except for cars. There, in cars, we just push that out. You know, I will say one of the things that I I, I do look forward to uh, with electric vehicles is the fact that you do have so many few, uh, fewer moving parts. Mm. I mean, you have a lot of sensors and a lot of wiring and a lot of electronics. Yeah. But in terms of like the the number of moving parts that you have, you know, I will say one of the things that, you know, uh, I, without knowing how well some of these things are designed, you know, for example, uh, cable companies, um, when they're trying to figure out where uh, you have a dead spot in your wall, like like where you're losing signal, right. uh, they're able to trace where at in the line the signal stops and they can locate that. And so like, you know, we did that too. Like when I you know, you'd have like that electronic sensor that would just be like, okay, sends enough current. And then, okay, here's where the current stops. Okay. I know where we're at. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if they designed it right, you know, they'll be able to put, you know, current and code through and they'll figure out real quickly where there's, you know, something has died or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And with the, with so many fewer moving parts, because now you just have, you know, electric motors and you, you know, your suspension system, it becomes a lot more efficient to work on because there's only going to be so many things that, you know, happen, you know, yeah. be it battery, be it motors, be it, you know, suspension issues, be it braking system, you know, and, and then of course, then you move into the electronics and sensors and that's, you know, that's where that'll get a little bit hairy. And my hope is, is that, you know, if you've ever had to replace a wire harness before, my hope is, is that they've designed these things well enough that they are easy to fucking replace. Right. I think it's just simple to put a, a diagnos diagnostic tool in the charger itself, you know, and I think at that point, it could just tell you on your phone every day, like, this is what's wrong with your car, if there is something wrong, or your car is good to go when you unplug it, things like that. So the technology will be there to self-diagnose, and I think that'll help with um, the cost. Oh, yeah. You know I think if I, mean? I think if I think if Chevrolet or Ford or Tesla or any of those companies thought about that, where you could like Bluetooth into your car, mm -hmm. you, know, you had the diagnostic tool, and when something came up, it sent the code to your phone, and then it would give you the option to be like, "All right, let's book an appointment with Chevrolet to get this fixed," right. you know, things like that. Toyota self-diagnose and upgrade software so that a lot of those problems and bugs would just be eliminated before you mm -hmm. even got up, you know. Well, and that's, and I think that's where it could go. Uh, yeah. You know, that's, that's one of those things where it's like, you know, when you think about design of your vehicles, you have to be thinking towards the future, mm -hmm. what's going to make it easier, not just, not just for your, the person that, you know, owns your, your product, but the person, but the people that are going to be working on it too. Yeah. Like, for example, if, if you know that there's a right rear sensor that has gone out and that can communicate to the dealership saying, Hey, you know, this vehicle with this VIN number mm -hmm. had a right rear sensor go out. They can have the part ready for you. And they're like, all right, cool. I want you to pull in at eight 30. We'll get this taken care of and by nine. You're out the door. Right. And you know, they make preventative maintenance lower cost than avoid avoidance costs. You know what I mean? Like that exactly. sensor goes out and you don't have the time or money to fix it. That creates bigger problems that then create snowball bills. But yeah, you, it could just be all be under warranty if you do it in the <clears> system. <throat> and then you could just, yeah, go in and have your tire filled if it's low, you know? Exactly. You know, the, there's, there's going to be a number of places, number of things that you can do that, you know, uh, I think are, are going to really improve the quality of vehicles. Like I know, for example, 
Uh, there's a company out there that they've made a different battery that fits exactly in the Tesla in the Tesla and it gets twice the range. Yeah. It's like, I know that stuff like that's going to avoid the warranty, but at the same time, I think what happens there is, is that, you know, at least in this is in this near term, it becomes incumbent upon everybody to try and figure out how do you improve this technology? You know, I was, cause I was reading an article, why isn't America fallen in love with the electric, you know, the electric vehicle. And I, yeah. I sat down and I started thinking about it and it's like, well, I know the answer to this and it's, it's convenience and inconvenience and cost. The three things. So cost right now of electric vehicles, is sky high, you know, basically if you don't have, any payments whatsoever yeah you can go out and get yourself an electric vehicle you're still looking at you know at a minimum thirty thousand dollars for an electric vehicle at this point the government offers fifteen thousand in subsidies so that kind of helps no well it's a pain in the ass to get those subsidies probably but shouldn't the dealer be doing that for you one would hope but no it's you it becomes incumbent upon you because it all goes through your own taxes so it's a collection so of coupons i hate so, coupon fucking society well that's all this, that's all this <laughs> is, is is that you buy the electric vehicle you follow your taxes and you say you bought an electric vehicle and then they cut 15 grand off your taxes gotcha. and that's how it works you know and that's why i'm like oh yeah i guess i could see where but at the same time too it's like okay that's really dumb because literally it should be that you know they have all of these coupons to cut the cost. You know, the dealer gets the 15 grand for the coupon. You get that 15 mm-hmm. grand off the purchase of the vehicle. Bam. You've got somebody in a vehicle really quick. There's no fucking well, I, I dirtiness to this. I want to finance 15 grand. I don't want to finance 30 grand and then get half of it paid off. You know, I'm still right. paying the higher interest rates on 15 grand. <clears throat> exactly. So it's one of those things where it's like the way that mm-hmm. it's being done is fucking dumb. And right. so that's, that's one part of it. When you look at the cost of it, and then you have, then you have the, the inconvenience uh, uh, of owning an electric vehicle. And I say that because if you live in the big city, if you live in the city, like I do, mm-hmm. there really isn't much inconvenience. It's when you decide to go anywhere. And so you have to make sure that wherever you're going to stop is going to have, you know, charging stations. That's definitely improved from like, you know, 2010 when, you know, I was looking at these things and they were, yeah. you know, a hundred grand. You got but at the same time, miles, you get 300 miles on a charge and you got 300 you're miles, 200 max. miles away from home. <laughs> yeah. You got 300 miles max. And if you quick charge it in 15 minutes, then you get 80% of your battery. You don't actually get the full 300. Right. So, you know, you're sitting at, you know, 240 miles of actual range, not 300 mm-hmm. miles. But so, range has gotten better, right? Like 700 miles, I think was the latest one I heard. Well, but that's somebody, that's somebody doing their own thing and, and uh, not integrating with tech, Tesla's technology. Okay. And, and so then it's, so then you got that whole time how much time does it take to recharge how much time does it take you to normally fill up your fuel tank yeah five minutes maybe versus 15 minutes now okay this is where some of this is a little bit negligible uh like if you're trying to just do like a a, you know just a road trip where it's like okay we don't really have a set schedule Mm -hmm. but like if you're like oh shit i gotta get to work and you just you're like ah crap i'm out of gas like it's easy to just go quick, throw a couple of bucks in the tank and get yourself to work and then deal with it later. Right. But with, with electric vehicles, that's not necessarily the case, at least right now. I so say you can't that put an eighth of a battery in and get where you need to go and then charge. 
you might be able to, but not, not as fast as you can just quick throw a couple of bucks of gas in a tank. And so like, you know, you've so I think that like, as, as that infrastructure improves, I think it'll become more competitive in that realm. But to me personally, it kind of feels like, you know, a way that you could revive that old feeling of the, the, the road trip where, mm-hmm. you know, you went to these places, you stopped, you gassed up, you walked around just to kind of see the sights real quick. And it was like, you know, a quick little, like, americana trip down you know memory lane for some people and mm-hmm. i think that you know in in a way that you know the electric vehicle in in the short term will do that and i think in the long term you'll see more solutions come through i know well, like charging, for example right? yeah well well yeah you've got self-charging like some are working on building uh solar collectors into their mm-hmm. systems you've got some that uh the brake uh, like the, call, um, the, recharge the battery too something. that's already in there <clears throat> right that's um, what i'm saying but like the dutch are working on uh roads that number one collect electricity but yeah. number two wirelessly charge vehicles that's awesome isn't it it's wild to me i think it's great but <clears throat> you know it's one of those things where that technology still a ways out there mm-hmm. and then you know you all but because you have such a uh a wide variety of vehicles then the question becomes you know how does that how does that self-charging road handle against you know 18 wheelers farm equipment things right, like that right so you know there are you know there are limitations unknown yet and that's just one of those things that you'll have to find out as time goes on that's the fun of science and creation and you know inventiveness that's that's why we're alive is to better the world like that way to come up with those great tesla ideas that move us through time faster you know right All of these great things we learn to it somebody was talking about that that why don't people believe science anymore and it's just like that's what's um creating the backwardsness in our advancement is that people just don't believe in advancements anymore. And I just don't understand that they question every advancement, you know? Well, and that's the thing is, is like, it's, it's not even like how it's not even that it gets questioned. Like, you know, for me, you know, I absolutely had my questions about, you know, the advancement of electric vehicles at first, Mm -hmm. you know, because you have to have electricity in order to advance those vehicles. Okay. Well, what is your source of electricity? Coal, natural gas. Right. Okay. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Cool. We've, you know, we're not burning gas in our vehicles or diesel in our vehicles, but now we have to offset that somewhere. And now you have these power plants that are having to generate that electricity mm-hmm. as more renewables have come online or more carbon free sources. I say that because I really think nuclear needs to be part of the discussion of still. Um, Thor- thorium, right? Thorium reactors. Yeah, boom. Yep. Yeah. And I and 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 I think that as as more renewables come online, as more carbon-free sources of electricity come online, I really do believe that that is not going to be a discussion anymore. Ten years ago, absolutely was still a discussion, but now it's like we're getting there slowly. Yeah. Right. And so to me, it's one of those things where uh, I, I, I have hope. The third issue is, is that I think that, you know, a lot of Americans, I would say are, you know, we, we get, we, we fall in, we fall in love with the idea of you know, being able to replace our technology every couple of years. And at a certain point it starts to become just fucking old. Like, it's like, yeah. why is it suddenly that this thing is obsolete? Like how, why is it that you can't extend the life of something that, you know, for, by and large, still works just fine. And I think that, 
you know, one of the issues that if one of these companies needs to solve for is how do you convert existing gas vehicles into electric vehicles? I think that there should, I think that there's a way to do it. And I think that there's a way to make some great money off of it. There are some private organizations out there that are working on that solution itself. You know, why, you know, why should, why should you have all of these perfectly good vehicles have to suddenly go off the road because they simply have an internal combustion engine? Why can't you just take that vehicle, modify it, and then have an electric vehicle? And that's okay. I'm okay with people having an antique car. You know what I mean? Right. That's cool. Uh, imagine, imagine if you could like take some of those antiques and upgrade them to be electric. Think of like, could you imagine an old, uh, an old Chevy Bel Air, but with an a fucking electric motor on it? Right. That would be, it has all the space in the world for solar technology. <laughs> Seriously. Know? Yeah. You know, you, I think, you know, there, I think that there's going to be like some, some freakers out there that, that Frankenstein, some of these vehicles. And I think it's going to be fantastic. I've seen you know? that with hydrogen, with the hydrogen replacements that go yep. across the roof and have the little cylinder up on top that show the bubbles and the train. You know what I mean? I've seen that stuff. It, it works, but. Absolutely. That, those are those are people in their garage just coming up with weird <clears throat> solutions like I used to do when I used to make my 12 stage bongs, you know what I mean? Right. You know, and that's the thing is like, you know, when we look at why people are questioning, you know, these advancements, like they're not questioning them from a, a point of, you know, is this sustainable? Is this something that's cost effective? Is it cost no, efficient? Right. Is it efficient to produce? A lot of the times you're seeing people question this on this weird pseudo moral, pseudo religious, yes. you know, discourse. And it doesn't make any sense because it's like aliens coming from the sky and people freaking out because their God is different over an electric car. It's not based on, like you were saying, facts. It's just based on this irrational backfilling the logic of like not liking it. And that's the thing is like, I've had this discussion with multiple people. It's like what you could say is the work of the devil. I could also, you know, uniquely say is the work of the Lord because it's, that's you know, right. you have so you, you have people that are given these gifts. And if you are inclined to believe that these gifts come from a higher power, then who are you to say that this gift was given by the devil instead of given by God? And so it's like, right. You know, all it's it's a weird it's a weird irrational fear that yeah. gets posed in this, like I said, pseudo moral, pseudo religious pretext, and it makes no mm -hmm. sense. The greatest gift God ever gave us was choice, and so you'll always have choices, and your role is to make the best choice for you. But that doesn't mean instantly having an opinion and then backfilling the logic for having the opinion. It's having an opinion, listening to the conversation, being a part of the conversation, and then solidifying an opinion at the end of the learning process. And I think people right. are doing it backwards. Ah, critical race theory, I don't like those three words together. And then they backfill the logic of why they don't instead of learning what it is and going forward and seeing that it's not a part of their life. And we got to get past that. That's what public access does. Forward conversation, you know. Right. You know, and uh, some of these conversations, it's like, you know, uh, with certain friends and family members, I've had that, you know, mm -hmm. I've had to start that. It's like, why does this bother you? Well, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, and where did you hear that? Right. Well, I heard it from and read it from this source. I'm like, okay. And, and how does that make any sense? Like, where did they get this from? Mm -hmm. Oh, 
Okay. So you don't know where they're getting these weird claims from, but you're willing to accept them. Right. You know, that's, that's part of the whole problem of do your own research, do your own research works if you know how to research. Right. And, and then that's, and that's the thing looking something up on Google is not research. Like it's a tool to help you learn certain things, but you have to use that tool in order to get information from various sources, corroborate findings, and you can't just use sources right. that fit your worldview. Like, don't get me wrong. I can go out and find a bunch of different things, but I have to make sure that the statements that are made are proven time and again. Right. I and totally so, agree. or the claims that are made are proven time and again. Do your own, do your own research is a megatrope to get you to offer something that they can reject as a fact. Right. It's not, it's not, it's not give me a fact so I can learn. It's give me a fact so I can, and I can dispute it on its face and irritate you. You know, mm -hmm. I had like, this discussion on Twitter with rogue one. I'm a mega douchebag. He says, voter IDs are necessary. And I said, but the process in which you get them are, is tainted. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It has been. Do you want people to have to count jelly beans to get an ID? He says that doesn't happen. I said, it did happen. He says, but it won't happen. And I said, there you go. I I'm giving you facts based on history. You're giving me an opinion about what you think the future is. And I, he said, well, that's not fair. And I said, voter IDs can be used to suppress people's vote. He said, oh, fair enough. And then I sent him an article about something in Texas where people got mailed the old applications to get a voter ID. And so there 40,000 applications were rejected because they were the old application and the loss also states that giving those people the correct application is a felony so they can no longer get an application which means they can't get a voter id which means they can't vote he didn't even read the article it took him two seconds to say that's bullshit that's not happening and what i told him was you said it wouldn't it is i'm right and that's all the argument was. And I told him, come on the show and discuss this with me. I don't shrink from name calling. I'm trying to have a rational discussion, but he just kept trying to get me angry with, with words like name calling, hoping I would give up, but I didn't. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Give up. And he had to admit that I was right. We reached a compromise on it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing. And that's, you know, that's one of those things where it's like, I don't understand why we've had to have this discussion the way that we have, right. you know, there's, there's a few, there are very few things that should preclude the right to vote. Mm -hmm. and number one, it's, are you an American citizen? That's right. I, you know, we know that that is a given right to American citizens. You know, that's, that's, that's one of the rights that we have in innately is how we put it. Right. We don't allow non-Americans to vote. Right. At least until recently, New York is, piloting the idea of non-americans being able to vote and but people that have applied that have green cards that have 
I mean, not visitors, not visas, but people that have applied to become citizens. resident aliens or once they you reach know. a certain point in the process to where they are going to go forward and they're not going to slip back, then they have the right to vote. It's not just giving migrants, right. you know, free right, reign exactly. over our election. It's it's not it's not this idea that you get to show up and suddenly you know right. you're voting. <clears throat> also, too, like I, I want to call out for a moment. The idea that some of these migrants are coming in to vote for Democrats is just pretty funny as it is. Right. Because when you look at a lot of where these places, where some of the places that they come from, like conservative politics actually tends to be more what they're looking for. More liberal than you know? what they're used to. Absolutely. And so, you know, for a lot of them, the idea that, you know, you know, you've got this party that tends to hinge on, you know, more mm-hmm. of the religious freedom side of things and and that and that speaks to them. You know, that's been one of those things where I think when you look at the left and and their marketing tactic of if you're a person of color, you need to be voting liberal. And then when they get spanked at the polls because a bunch of people of color voted conservative, Mm -hmm. it's like you didn't see how this would backfire. You didn't think that there would be people of color that are conservative. Oh, there's like Florida is full of Cubans that do not like Democrats. Texas is full of Mexican Americans that do not like Democrats because they don't know they have the right to begin with. So they don't know they're being suppressed. You know what I mean? They hear law and order and they think they're safe. You know, I got across and they're stopping others from getting across. Good. I want mine. I don't want them to have mine. And it's that belief that there's not enough of America to go around, you know? (laughs) Right. And so it just, it's absolutely hilarious to me that, you know, that the, the conservative playbook is we don't want, you know, you know, supposedly we don't want the other people to be voting, even though they're going to be voting. A lot of them are going to be voting for republicans but then the democrats idea is is that you know if you're if you're if you're not voting liberal then you're not a real person of color or whatever their fucking line is right i think the best one like one of my friends posted uh was like uh you know for the workers it's like hey we want workers rights you know republicans no democrats no heart gay pride flag (laughs) hashtag blm get to it and it's like and it's like exactly it's 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 yeah you know it's i understand why some people would rather just choose no right (laughs) it's like it's like great that's cool that you have all of these things that you absolutely you think you're full of love and pride Mm -hmm. and you think look anybody can slogan this bullshit but if the answer is no just no then just say no like don't fucking hashtag all of this shit don't fucking try and tie your party to all of these different movements and then forsake them when it's time it's like you know when you look at how things have gone in the last year for Biden. Like that was one of the things that I was laughing about. It's like, you know, you think about that Bernie sitting there cross-armed in mittens. Uh-huh. That meme is a year old. That's it. Only one year. And it feels like a fucking eternity <laughs> since that fucking meme came out. Joe, Joe Biden has acted like the guy from Grant Reno going out and shouting at people to get off his lawn because everybody was telling him to do it. Like, there's no sustained effort from the guy, and that's our issue. That's my issue as an independent that was a Democrat, you know, that was a conservative. I didn't like conservatives, so I thought Democrat was my answer, but no. And I tell everybody the same thing. Like You're just handing your money to somebody that won't be able to do anything for you. Save your money and run as an independent, you know? <laughs> Right. You know, and, or, you know, stop voting to politicians. We we're having, I was having that discussion about how, you know, a lot of the politicians are managing to keep up these very, you know, uh, you know, 
rich lifestyles. The fact, yes. despite the fact that they make what one hundred and ninety six thousand a year, right. is what they're at. And it's like that doesn't make any sense because I know what the cost of living is out in DC and it's fucking astronomical. Like, oh, that's right. Everybody has a pack, right. and then a bunch of people donate to these packs, and then quote unquote everything is a campaign event. Okay, I get it. But you got to you got to see them closer as timeshare salesmen. Donald Trump is the best timeshare salesman out of a group of timeshare salesmen. <laughs> he's selling air. He's selling an idea. He's selling a belief that people are buying into for his endorsement, and they're giving to giving him 25% of their donations for, for getting his endorsement. He's selling his name, not on a building, but on a politician. It's pretty genius. It's pretty smart. And he's taking advantage of a bunch of people that are taking advantage of a bunch of people that are taking advantage of a bunch of people. And it's a multi-level marketing scheme. I was going to say, this, you, are, you, are you saying that politics is just an MLM? Yes, I've always <laughs> said that. I've always said that. <laughs> and it's the truth. Everybody thinks stop, they're their own CEO, but donating. really you're just getting fucked by the guy on top of you. Why do we pre-tip politicians, right? Like donate to people that successfully get you your dinner on your table. <laughs> then you tip them after the meal. You don't tip them in hopes they'll do something. I don't go into a restaurant and sit down at Applebee's and give the lady 50 bucks and hope she gives me what I want. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of that American, just the tip, just to see yeah, how it feels. Well, you, you, well, we're giving the politicians quote unquote money, but they're giving us just the tip. Right. And, so, <laughs> and then, and then it's like when it's time to actually, you know, have rubber meat road. Well, oh, surprise, we're not getting anything done. Oh. There's one thing I do want to talk about. Though. Sure. Can I say one thing though? Ab- Let's do it. About voter IDs. I just want to say like a, a, a mega person in California wouldn't trust the, the voter ID process and a Democrat in Texas isn't going to trust the Texas a process to apply for a voter ID. Nobody's talking about a federal voting ID because that's not state rights. So you can't have an umbrella policy on voter ID. So at some point they will discriminate about, about with everybody, Democrat and Republican. They're all going to use it like they do with Jeremy, gerrymandering to tailor oh, yeah. their their voters and nobody should be happy about that. Not the right, not the left, you know? Okay. Nope. So what do you want to talk about? Absolutely. Well, in the same vein, ba- in the same vein, let's talk about the filibuster. Ooh, cool. Okay. So as we all saw, um, you know, the, the, especially cause we're on the conversation of voting rights, the change in the filibuster right. here in the U S uh, got shut down. Now, Joe Manchin's mistress, uh, the filibuster. So this is one of those ones where, I, you know, I have very mixed feelings on the filibuster. I don't like the reason I say that is is because, you know, as somebody who has led organizations where we've done majority rules, you know, and rights, the minority, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the times where in the organizations that I was working in, I mean, it was overwhelming that, you know, one party or one side or one idea was going to win versus another. That's just, you know, how it was. And, and so, you know, you preserve the rights of the minority, but there was very rarely a time that we ever had anything so split down the middle. So you run into this question when it comes to the filibuster, it's like, if you know that the majority is supposed to rule and be able to do things, then why is it that, 
you know, a minority is holding up that entire process. That seems like bullshit, right? It's a lever to create debate. It's, it's a lever to create debate, number one. But number two, it also makes it very difficult to have actual rule of uh, the majority. Mm-hmm. Now, on a grand political scale, when you think about the decisions that are being made in place, the idea that you know, if it only takes a simple majority to pass something, but it only takes a simple majority to undo something, what you end up having is this back and forth forever Mm -hmm. of just undoing what the last administration did. Now, this is where this whole discussion of the filibuster gets in place. Democrats love the idea of getting rid of the filibuster right now. Why is that? Because they want to get their stuff done Mm. and they, they want to be able to pass the things that they want. I I, I want to say, I think that's a misnomer. I think 70% of Democrats do not want to get rid of it, but 30% of the alt left, I don't know what alt left is, but I got called alt left. I think 30% Uh, leftist, I think 30 leftist is the term they like 30% of of the Democrats believe in getting rid of it. And that I believe more closer to what you're saying. So go on, but I don't think, so, I don't think it's all Democrats. Cause I, I think 70% want to keep it. I, 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 and, and the reason why I think a lot of people want to keep it is because the idea should be that anything that gets passed and gets approved shouldn't be able to face such an easy fight to be removed. Right. When you look at what happened, uh, you know, when it came to, um, the Affordable Care Act, it almost got sunk by a simple majority. John McCain was the only reason it did. That's right. <clears throat> now, here's where things get really, really tricky. The idea that the majority should be able to rule and pass the things that they want is great and fine and wonderful. It works. It's especially great when you have a super majority, like a two thirds mm-hmm. or, or three uh, three fourths. But when you're dealing with such razor thin margins, and especially in a highly politicized environment like right now, I guarantee you that if the Democrats were to have successfully removed the filibuster, what would have happened is they would have passed their voting rights legislation. And if it didn't get challenged in the federal courts, is, yeah. when the Republicans took office the next time, they would undo it immediately. That'd be one of their targets. And that's why Mitch McConnell keeps telling Democrats to eliminate the filibuster is so that he can use it unabashedly when he gets power. Absolutely. And that's the other thing, too, is, is that it's, it's short-sightedness because Democrats would get what they want right now. Mm-hmm. And they, they have this idea everything. that if they got what... If they got what they wanted right now, that magically people would be like, I'm going to vote Democrat forever. Right. And it's just going to be this like blue tidal wave that mm. gives them a super majority. And the reality is, is that the Democrats haven't proven anything at this point that they're that they're actually capable of taking care of the people. Now, I, I'd say that they've proven better than the Republicans, but really not by much. The filibuster was the only shield the Democrats had against Trump. That's the only thing yep. that stopped them from falling off a cliff entirely was using that filibuster to stop some major things. And yeah, you're right. If it's if it disappears, that's just Mitch McConnell's you know, in to just destroy everything. And so I don't like that. I, what I have an issue with is when they use it, like, I think the filibuster could be used before voting, but I don't think it should be used before debate. I think anything should be able to go to the floor for debate and watching that debate, just the beginning of the debate on voting rights that they had 
was completely awesome to me. Listening to those people debate back and forth. Dude, Joe Manchin just tried gaslighting America and Amy Klobuchar just came back with a boom. And, the, you know, Republicans are admitting things like Chuck Grassley saying, well, you hurt our feelings in 2013, you know, and it was just like, and Richard Blumenthal saying, but you're a hypocrite. It was just so cool to watch the debate. And that's the only way we get to progress. You and I, we don't argue a lot, but we don't discuss things from counterpoints. We both meet in chairs and sit and talk about things openly. They don't get to, mm-hmm. but they might start to once they realize, because sometimes when people say things out loud, it sounds stupid. It just does. Well, and I'm sure Chuck Grassley saying, well, I don't want people to vote in 2022 because you hurt my feelings in 2013 because we hurt your feelings in 2006. And it just starts to sound petty. And that's, and I think I, I will say that's the point that John McCain was making uh-huh. is that, you know, the return to regular order where Republicans had lunch with Democrats, right. Democrats had lunch with Republicans, this, this weird, it's us versus them in politics mm-hmm. right now. Like this whole this whole issue regarding voting rights could have been solved had people actually been allowed to sit down and talk. And 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 right. I will say that's what's happening right now around this whole uh, electoral uh, college certification law yeah, of 1887. Right, is that you're now having this sit down between Republicans and Democrats to figure out how do you fix this so that way you don't have this whole mm-hmm. question about what. Uh, what is allowed to be done oh by like, Republicans or Democrats. And I, and I say this because if Donald Trump is able to use the, you know, the elections are not legitimate because I think that there were a bunch of people signed up to vote mm-hmm. that shouldn't have been allowed to vote. The Democrats are going to use the, I don't think the election was legitimate because a bunch of people who should have been allowed to vote were not. And then you have the same issue that happened last year. That's the scenario. And you can't do that in 2024 because then Joe Biden doesn't leave office and Joe Biden is your king. (laughs) He can't do that till 2028. And he can't go for a second term. That's when he pulls out the authoritarian card, says it was all rigged and he has to stay in power. But not in 2024. Nobody wants Joe Biden to stay in power. Joe Biden doesn't even want to stay in power. (laughs) Right. And and that's that's the funny thing about it is, is that, you know, when when Donald Trump got voted in, my concern was solely that if he ever got voted out, he would not be willing to leave office. Right. And I was right. Yep. You were right. But he didn't. My leave. concern with Joe Biden is not that Joe Biden wouldn't want to leave office. My concern with Joe Biden is, is that he will use part of that Trump playbook yeah. and further divide this to country. protect the democracy. And, and my hope is, is that when it comes down to federal law, like we've created so many laws that make the process of being able to vote complex. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, the, the hilarity in this scenario is, is that the Republicans who lost in their states made the voting rights laws. Right. And then they lost to those laws. Right. And they were that schoolyard kid who's like, well, you know, making up rules on the fucking fly. Right. And then they lost using their own rules. And then they said it wasn't fair. Right. And if you think the Democrats don't do that. They're going to, they're they're not going to have a choice though. If you, if you say the elections are illegitimate in 2024 and Democrats suddenly go, Oh, you're right. 
we have to do it over again, that leaves Joe Biden in power. So it, it'll force him to stay in. He doesn't want to. But it, it will it, not leave Joe Biden in power because like we discussed with Donald Trump. So if if you leave the elections intact, which this is where, you know, if we do a little bit of a postmortem on what happened, nobody questioned the nobody questioned the legitimacy of the rest of the ticket. Right. Nobody questioned that legitimacy. No down ballot. And here's what people what people need to understand. We swear in Congress before we swear in the president. That's right. And no matter what, our election laws are very clear. On January 20th at noon, Ooh. the former president is the former. And if there is any sort of debate or discussion or anything is upheld or anything is held up, that person is still no longer president. Okay. Their term ends on that specific time. So what happens? Do we have no president or a Kevin McCarthy president? Whoever is the Speaker of the House mm. becomes the president. Right, which is Nancy Pelosi, which prevented anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's my point. So, like, you want to reform this, God. you want to reform this election thing that you're talking about, but it doesn't need reform. It's already a law that says you can't do what you wanted to try and do. They went around the laws, and no matter how broad you make the laws to trap somebody, you can always go around them. You know, right, and that's the thing is, is that this country will have a president regardless. Just it's kind. Of, that's right. That mentality, though, is this is coming uh, coming from the same group of people who thought that Trump should have declared martial law. Yeah. Like a number of military friends of mine were like, "Yeah, no, people really don't want us to declare martial law," and I don't think they realize that. No, they don't. They just want to be right. That's my whole thing. You're driving towards an authoritarian that gets rid of all the minorities, which makes you the minority. You know? <laughs> exactly. And and that's the that's the fun thing is, is like people don't realize like what that actually looks like. Right. You know, and uh, if, for example, if you were to actually enact martial law, this is something that we've talked about. Your right to bear arms doesn't exist anymore. Vladimir Putin, um, she in China, North Korea, mm-hmm. Cuba. <clears throat> If you don't do what the military says, you become an enemy combatant. That's right. They have different laws and rules. They ain't going to treat you like the cops. That's right. It's like you listen or you die. The newspapers That's in how Hong it Kong works. are gone. Alexei Navalny is <clears throat> in prison. Uh, the Uyghurs are in concentration camps. That's what's. That's what opposition. That's what happens to opposition in authoritarian. Um, and 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 dear God, I don't want the fucking Speaker of the House to be president. Nancy or Kevin? No. No, neither of them. No, neither. Jesus Christ. I, I know. No. Hell no. Uh-uh. Like, like I, uh, like I've said, honestly, if, if the Republican party were to magically pick Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney as their, as their dynamic duo for 2024, mm-hmm. I think it would be a fucking landslide. I think that it, the Democrats wouldn't stand a chance at this point. No, about Romney. I just don't know. Public Access America. It's always funny because, like, especially because as you know, libertarians, we get a ton of shit, even amongst other libertarians. We're... I think political philosophy is a lot like religion, and where there's moments you have to go on faith and trust what somebody else is saying. The main, the main focus is it's like less dependence on the government because, well. 
we've seen how that's gone. And you don't have to do that if you think about it in a human way. You know, more dependence on connections with each other. You can always bring it back to what would one human do for another? What would a hundred do for a hundred? People looking out for people. Find Public Access America anywhere you find your favorite podcast every Sunday and Thursday. And join the chat on YouTube at Public Access America every Sunday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Communities looking out for community. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. In the making. In the making. I'm not saying that because I think he's a, a particularly great person uh, that I would vote for. I'm saying that he bridges that gap for a lot of independents who are mm-hmm. pissed with the Democrats right now. Does that same group of people who voted Republican but said "fuck you" to Donald Trump? Yes, there's. I just heard that on. I watch news to prepare for this, and I mm-hmm. watched two Republicans get this on CNN debating republicanism and one was like there's a lot of good republicans that that can run on what trump did but that can be a lot more logical in their legislating and the other guy's like we have to we have to use donald trump his name brand is everything and i was like no she's right she's right 70 to 80 percent of republicans want the trump without the trump you exactly. know what I mean? And that's, and that's, the thing. What, that's what Trump was the first two years. Trump Absolutely. without the Trump. It was his cabinet making change. Linda McMahon, I wanted to say this. She was killing it for small businesses mm-hmm. from 2016 to 2018. Yes. COVID, Donald Trump's ineptness destroyed her gains. Donald yes. Trump's, like Intel is moving into Ohio based on Donald Trump's lowering of the corporate tax rate, but Joe Biden's stability. You know what I mean? Donald Trump ruined any chances of advancement. And now we have the stable president that doesn't rock the boat and companies love it. And that's the thing is like, when you think about like Romney and Liz Cheney, they voted with Trump 97% of the time, more than people mm-hmm. like Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene voted with Trump. Think about she that voted for a against, She voted against voting rights and Build Back Better. You know, like Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney both voted with Trump in some of the highest percentages of people in their party. They just, mm-hmm. the rest of it was bullshit. You know, and, and Romney, they didn't want, Romney they didn't did that. stand up against things that weren't right. Mm-hmm. Romney liked the Republican agenda that Trump was pushing out in the first two years. He did not like Trump's uh, across the board decisions about things, mm-hmm. unilateral decisions without Senate, because he realized that the Senate was an equal branch to Donald Trump, not subservient. And uh, Mitch right. McConnell thought if he played subservient, he could get what he got out of Trump. And he did, you know, and right. the, all the other senators think it can happen again if they just keep their mouths shut and stay unified. You're destroying the country, though. Yeah, honestly, Aaron, you're destroying your own brand. Republicans won't be able to survive in this subservient form no. because they're, they're, their base sees them as powerful. And if you come off as weak and subservient, they're going to go independent and they're not going to vote at all. Right. If you, if you let them vote, if you don't subvert their vote by trying to diminish the Democrat votes, like I don't want to, I'm not going to get off the topic, but in Texas, they're 40 to 50% of mail-in ballot applications are being rejected because the old forms don't match the new law. Do you know who that's eliminating? 
mail-in ballots are only allowed in Texas for the disabled and seniors. Seniors in Texas are fucking Republicans. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you know, by trying to diminish the mail-in vote to diminish Democratic dis- disabled, you're just getting rid of you're getting rid of 25% of your vote by diminishing the senior vote. That doesn't make sense to me, you know? You know, and that's the thing is, is like, like you said, you know, if, if, if Republicans ran on the policies that Trump was enacting through his cabinet without Mm -hmm. the Trump, if you could take, you could literally take Mitt Romney and do that. And I guarantee you come 2024, it would be such a fucking political beating. Like, It would make it would make Donald Trump's loss seem pretty fucking mild compared. Right. Like, and and that's the reality is is that whether whether people want to admit it or not, in terms of economics, his policy the first two years worked. He kept things going. His in business policy. I will say to go. his business policies worked. His yeah. His foreign policies, his domestic policies. Uh, his rights policies that was all trash. The business side of it worked. I don't like the subservience attitude he had towards foreign dictators, but I also no. didn't like his overbearing demeanor against people he thought were beneath him, like the leaders of France and Germany. Like he was just horrible in foreign relations. You weren't you weren't consistent. No. You know. What I mean? No, exactly, exactly <laughs> that, exactly that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Public Access America. Tune back in for our Thursday episode, and uh, we will be right back. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and a yielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. I, poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit. And keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome, welcome, welcome to public, public access, access America. America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams Sunday on live YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, on Twitter, Twitter. Everyone, Apple Podcasts, Podcast, Stitcher, Stitcher, Smart Radio, Radio Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access Public America. Access history, America. In history in the making. Making history making in the history making. In the making.
Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.